Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we study Meseches Ksuvos Daf Chaf Aleph. We uh, hope today to conclude our discussion of Kiyom Shtaros. We're going to be pulled for a little bit of a loop uh, based on the Mishnah on Daf Chaf Amid Beis. Um, this was part of last week's Daf, but we're going to have to connect it to this week's Daf. We've been assuming up until this point that Kiyom Shtaros, which again is a Dindarabanan, originally, let's assume we're talking about Dine Mamanus, originally you had Adim that signed onto a document, there was full confidence that the Edus was reliable. Chacham came along and they realized there could be a fraudulent document. We also saw other issues, maybe they were forced into signing. Maybe they were Katanim when they signed. We run into special issues when the Adim die. So we're introduced with something called Kiyom Shtaros. And we discussed last time, based on the Gemara, three ways to be Mekayim Ishtar. The Shulchan Aruch said five. It actually gets two more from uh, this week's staff, but we covered that in last week's year. Now, we've been assuming that what the Kiyom Shtaros accomplishes is really the kiyom of the edus, <clears throat> which means that we want to show that the signatures are valid signatures. But we end up today, and we'll see this at the beginning of the year, that it's really not that simple. So I'm going to start off with the Rambam, and then we're going to move back to the mission in the beginning of the Gemara. Today's shear is going to be uh, maybe a little more technical than usual, and we'll try to stick with the Rambams. And I also want to have an opportunity to share with you something that comes up on our Gemara that also relates to Gemara and Ervin and a general approach. If you look back to a Mishnah, how do we know who we Paskin like? Now, we do not have the ability, Bizman Hazet, to Paskin just from a Mishnah and from a Gemara. Maybe there are such Gedolim. They say the Vilnagon was able to do so. We rely, of course, on the Rishonim. And then today we rely, obviously, on Achronim, who base their opinions on Rishonim. There's an interesting question. What do we call the great postgame of our day? Are they the Achronim of the Achronim? So, I don't know. There's different uh, possibilities, but that's really a technical issue. So the Rambam... In Eidos, Perigzayin, Halacha, Gimel. Let me give you the case. And you'll see this Rambam brought down on the top left in the Ein Mishpat Ner Mitzvah. Rambam, Hilchus, Eidos, Perigzayin, Halacha, Gimel. You'll find this discussed as well in the Shulchan Aruch, Hoshim, Mishpat. So we're clearly here into a civil law. We're going to deal next week's Parsha, Parsha's Mishpat, and with uh, some of the, these laws that come up as far as Eidos. But here we are, Shulchan Aruch, Choshim Mishpat, Hilchas Eidos, Menchavches, Sif Yud, and also to look at Sif Yud Aleph, if you're looking it up. Shtar, if we have a document, She'edov, Ruvain, Vashimon. You see, the Rambam right here is using Ruvain and Shimon. It's not just saying two people, which means we have to keep these guys in mind to help us understand the case. Shtar, She'edov, Ruvain, Vashimon. So it's a document which Ruvain and Shimon signed as Edom. Okay, that's Daraisa, that's all you need. But then you have you need Kiyom Shtaros. Uvo Shnayim, you have two others that come. 
We're not going to name them now, but uh, you could give them a name. That we covered. Here you clearly have two witnesses that are coming together, and they're saying that each signing, the signing of Reuven and Shimon, right, 100% valid, they recognize it. But now things get complicated. One of the witnesses says, you know what, I recognize Reuven's signature. And the second guy says, I recognize Shimon's signature. The star is not valid. Because you only have one witness on each signature. If you want to have Kiyom Staros, at least in this case, you're going to have, you need two for each one. Then the, Gemaris, then the Rambam says, interesting, and you'll see there is a Chiddush here, V'imye shlishi meyed aksav ruvein v'shimon ke'echad then neskayim. If a third guy comes along, a third witness, and he testifies regarding the authenticity of both Ruvain's and Shimon's signature, the document is valid. So we're able to take him, and you could combine it with the first guy who came along to confirm Ruvain, and with the second guy who came along to confirm Shimon. So you don't have to have the same two Adim on each signature. Now, that's pretty simple. But then you end up with the major machlokas between Rebbe and the Chachamim. And the issue here is a situation, you have the case where each individual who signed the document, they themselves give testimony, and each one says that my document was valid, which means my signature was valid. That's really only one witness. Yet in this case, since the people who signed are actually coming along and saying that it was their signature, this does suffice as Kiyom Shtaras. That's exactly what we have in the Mishnah from last week on the bottom of the daf, flipping in to this week's daf. Now, why exactly would this work? And does it work? So here we have a machlokas between the Chachamim and Rebbe. Let's start with the position of Rebbe. Rebbe says it's not going to work because Aksav Yadon Heim Me'idim, it's the very top of Chafalaf. Rebbe's position is that what Kiyam Ashtaros is doing is you're verifying the signature. So for that to verify the signature, you're going to need two witnesses. It's not just enough that Ruvain says it's mine and Shimon says it's mine. That's only one, and we need to aid them. But then the Chachamim come along, and the Chachamim say, They're not coming along to... Kiyom Ashtaros doesn't mean that the signatures are valid. Okay, that's going to be one aspect of Kiyom Ashtaros. But when it's the person himself who comes, he's not coming to say that my signature was valid. He's coming to say that I saw the event that took place. 
That's what it's called. He's talking about the data, the details that are in the star. And in this situation, you end up with two Edim because you have Ruven and Shimon who are both coming along and say that we know that what is in the star was a reflection of what we saw. Let's say a star milva where there's a loan that takes place. Now this is very, there's a very fascinating formulation of this halacha Let's look at the Shochanar, Chosha Mishpat, Hilchas Hava, Simon Memvav, Sifyut. He gives us the following case. Misha Chasam al Ashtar. So you have someone who signed on a star. Uvalaheyid al Ksavyada Bevesdin. And then he comes for the purpose of Kiyam Shtaros. Vehikir Ksavyado Shazel Bevadai. He recognizes that it's his signature. But. Here's an added uh, situation to our case. He's saying, listen, this is my signature, but I have no memory of ever signing this, which means I don't remember the event that I'm signing on. I just have absolutely no recall of this event taking place that I signed on to. So at the end, it's not going to be valid, his signature, even though he's confirmed the signature. Why? It's exactly the position of the Chachamim. The Kiyom Shtaros is not in this situation to confirm that it's his signature. And the, he's basically coming to say that I know this event took place. The whole purpose of signing on to a star is just to memorialize this event. But if he doesn't remember, then you're going to end up having no kiyam shtaros. It's pretty incredible because on a derisa level, this is Shalom Baum talking, on a derisa level, this would end up working out. You're not going to ask these questions. So you end up seeing what kiyam shtaros accomplishes. It accomplishes not just validating the signatures, but did, did this event take place? Now, I want to explain practically how this could happen. If you're, let's say, a rabbi says there's going to be a bunch of loans taking place. You know, you have a gemach, and the rabbi says, you know, to Reuven and Shimon, I want you to come in, and I want you to sign. And, you know, they're, they're constantly signing. Maybe they're signing 10 documents, 15 documents, you know, if the gemach's very functional. By the end of the day, they may have no clue what's going on anymore, right? They could be totally wasted. And literally, they may be wasted from a l'chaim with, with every signature. But even if it's just from being uh, under duress, being tired, it's not going to work. So kiyam shtaros is an incredible thing. Now, our Gemara gets into the situation. We're not going to go through every case now. So what ends up happening if one of these guys dies? Well, understand now why there's going to be such a high standard. Because we're not just validating the signatures. We're coming to confirm the event. So the paper itself does not, in itself, speak for the event that took place. The Gemara in Erevin. On Daf Memvav Amid Aleph, as well as Memvav and Beis. So Gemara deals with some of the Klolei Psak. And I want to explain, explain what we mean by Klolei Psak. 
you have certain principles relating to paskening. So let's say a Rav is uh, today faces an issue. You can't just decide, as I often say, on the pot. You know, I recently had to deal with a situation. Someone uh, has many items to kosher. They have questions about how the items were previously used. I mean, these are very common questions. So sometimes you're going to have to ask, okay, how long was the item used or not used? And part of the consideration as well will be not just when the items were used, but who are the people who want to use the items now? Could they afford to go buy a new set of dishes? Could they afford to um, do everything that's necessary to have the highest level of a kosher home? Sometimes they could be 100% kosher, but we're going to be mako for different reasons, including Hefzid Maruba. And, uh, you know, personally, this is something I've discussed with uh, some major gedolim and poskim. What's the mahalich? What's the derech that we're going to take? You have, for example, in the area of Avelis, we're going to try to be as mako as possible. The Gemara says here, we're going to follow the more lenient position in Avelis. Now, the question that's discussed is this just the first, is this for the last six days of Shiva that generally assumed to be Durabanan or even for the first day? So we're not going to get into the details. You'll have a similar approach sometimes in the area of Tarasamashpacha. Now there, of course, we're dealing with the possibility of karis. So you're going to have to be very strict. But with some of the stringencies, we're going to be makeup for the value of shalom bias. And so these are some of the klale of psak. And I could give you many more that we're not going to include um, in this year. But there's much more to discuss. But what you find on daf mem vavam bezen erevin, and I know we're learning mesechus k'suvah, so you'll see how this comes back, is Chazal make a determination with certain uh, individuals that their capacity for psak was on such a high level, this is just one way of explaining it, or it was assumed that they were the Gedoli Hadar, okay, the different approaches that we could take to explaining why, that if it's them matched up against someone else, the halacha is going to be like them. Rabbi Yaakov of Zrika, Amru Halacha Rabbi Akiva Mechavera, that Rabbi Akiva beats out anyone else that you see listed. Ukarabiosi Mechaverov, and Rabbiosi in his psak was so powerful that he even could beat out a majority. So even though we have a general principle of Achari Rabim as far as psak, but this klal says that Rabbiosi wins. And then we have the statement that's relevant to us, Ukarebi Mechavero. If you match up Rebbe against a Chaver, then Rebbe's going to win. So this is the whole basis of our Gemara in Meseches Ksuvah, Stafchafalef, of at least the Havamina, of why Rebbe should be able to beat out the Chachamim. Ah, we say that usually an individual can't beat out a majority. And the Chachamim are obviously the majority, but you already have in the Gemara, Karebiyose Mechavei Rav. You already see that there's a possibility of Rebiyose winning. 
So it's only here in our Gemara, in Maseches Ksufis, where it's clearly spelled out that Rebbe will not defeat Chavei Rav. Chavei Rav is in Lashon Rabbim. And you could be medayiket, you could uh, get it through a nuanced reading of the Gemara there, because the Gemara there says, Rabbi Yaakov Mechavero, Rabbi Yossi Mechaverov, and Rabbi Mechavero, which is implied that both Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva in Halacha are not going to be able to defeat the majority, the Chachamim. Now, what happens if it's each of them against two others? Is that considered enough a majority, or do you need a, a super majority? The basic assumption here is that as long as there are two people, that overrule them. Now, you have to appreciate, this was how much of halacha was determined. Rabbi Yosef Cairo in the Shulchan Aruch explains his Klalei Pesach, basically taking the position of the Rif, the Rambam, and the Rush, and seeing where the majority was. Now, some people want to be critical because they say the Rambam and the Rif were usually on the same page. So, I have no problems defending uh, Rabbi Yosef Cairo. That's the way he set it up. It's not always true that the Rif and the Rambam are on the same page, but that's how Rabbi Yosef Cairo was following. That was his claw of Psak, and it obviously has great impact on us today. So this relates back to our Gemara, while the Gemara at least would have a Havamina. What you also find in our Gemara is a uh, very fascinating expression that you'll find sometimes in other places uh, in Shas, where you have two brothers that are, you know, famous uh, Rabbanim, in this situation, Amarayim, and you have one brother who disagrees with his brother. And as we saw in the Gemara, he makes it very clear that my brother doesn't know what he's saying in a kind of respectful way. Now, you have to appreciate that this is where he says, We can't uh, say that we should be listening to my brother. And you have to realize that when it comes to Psach Halacha, the Chachamim sometimes, Chazal, are going to be talking in a harsh way. You have a perfect example in uh, this week's Parsha. I'm recording this before Parsha's Yisra. So when it comes to the violation of Lotachmod, I discussed this in Shulah night, according to the Rambam, Lotachmod is not violated. He brings us down Hilchus Gazela. Lotachmod means not to covet. So we usually assume you can't be jealous of somebody else's property or that you want that property. How could you control someone's emotions? The Ibn Ezra says, control them. Hashem says to control them. Just like a bird, you're not a bird and you're not going to have wings to fly, so that's not your item. Don't put your mind on it. The Rambam says differently. The Rambam says you, you don't violate anything until you take it away from that person. You know, you kind of manipulate him. It's not legally stealing, but it's still in Hilchus Gezela. The Rambam says in that situation, it's a lav she'en bo masis, you don't get malchus. And the Ravid says to him, I just give you an example of how harshly they speak. The Ravid says to the Rambam, what are you talking about? There's no greater action than taking an item. So you have to explain the Rambam, and there are ways to explain the Rambam. I'll just mention very quickly, not to leave you in a cliffhanger. In Devarim, it says, Lotisave. Right? Lotisave in the Aseris Adibros. So Losachmod is a shear of 
Lotusava. That's how my Rebbe Raparnas explained it. I heard Ravronswag explain it. Stipler explains it a little bit differently in the Birchas Peretz on the Parsha. But again, you see the way they talk to each other. And you have this in Chumash as well. Even in Pshat, you'll have uh, the Ramban. He made the Ibn Ezra famous by the way he reacted to him sometimes. Now, this is all done out of love, not out of uh, hatred. But it could be harsh language. But it fits in, again, to what we're trying to establish as some of the principles of halacha and how we end up paskening. Okay, I'm going to stop here. There's so much more to say on this daf. Look at the Ein Mishpat Ner Mitzvah. I try to give you the most practical uh, aspects of this daf. It's been amazing learning Kiyam Shtaras. I gave you a little break at the end of the year with a, a lighter material, and you should have a great week of learning.